Hi, everybody. I used to go to this thing um, and it was called United Skates of America and it was a skating rink. And before they would record or like say something over the the speakers, they would always go check. And so I'm going to start this with that. So check all you skaters. That's what they used to do. But check. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast episode. Hello, this is Ani. This is Kelly. And this is Jalisa, yeah. Beautiful. Skate nights. I used to go skating and um, there was this one time where I went and I was skating and I fell on my knee and it hurt really bad and I was trying not to cry because I didn't want to cry in front of people because I was trying to be cute. (laughs) And um, then this girl who I just met that night was like, don't worry. And then she fell on purpose and hurt her knee and like really, really hurt her (laughs) knee. And it was such like this incredible act of solidarity that was so unnecessary (laughs) and I'll never forget it as long as I live and it's permanently in my brain I think about it like twice a week so anyway when I was skating we had skate night at my Christian school um, every month and it was very really that's cool yeah it's skate world I remember I remember it was like fourth grade and at the end of the night they always had couple skate I was a late bloomer oh my god I love this story (laughs) when yeah every like only people who were holding hands you had to be holding hands <gasps> with another person of the opposite sex uh and I didn't do that stuff when I was in fourth grade so <laughs> the exception which never happened except for me was you could you had to be couple skating or you could skate backwards oh. <laughs> which now I'm realizing like might be a joke like the high school kids that work there like <laughs> so they could see and I was one of the few people who could skate backwards I had my own rollerblades it was a serious thing <laughs> I would so they'd like do couple skate they'd put the disco ball on it would be like romantic <laughs> <laughs> I would just be cruising around like excuse me <laughs> backwards, <laughs> backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, that's so like going through poetically beautiful. Oh, it's like a like, metaphor for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> like that is a divine reflection of There was no part you. of me that felt weird. I was like, excuse me. Yep. Like meh. And that's magnificent. <laughs> and I think that's like honestly the best segue into our um kind of into our into our topic it's of not. discussion today. It's, it's not, not at all. all. I'm trying to think of how I can possibly. Re- it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> okay, so today our topic is liking mainstream shit. That's literally just the topic. Like, how is it? How does it play into our spiritual and social lives to like things that like may not be politically or like socially like the thing we're supposed to like, but we like mm-hmm. them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and how yeah. we feel about that. So, <laughs> and I and I also just want to, I love that. And I want to I want to um, repeat because it's been quite a few episodes since we talked about this. That when we do record these, we introduce, we pick out the topic right before and just pretty much hit record. So there's no like pre thinking of this. So you're just hearing this yeah. like raw, authentic conversation between three gals. And also, Kelly, what's our catchphrase, honey? 
We're not experts. We're, We're friends. friends. Beautiful. Friendship. So. <clears throat> Liking mainstream shit. Okay, who wants to start? Okay, so I just wanna I just wanna say that um for some reason the only things that are coming into my mind right now are koalas, narwhals, and Harry Potter. And only one of those things is something I actually have any interest in. Um, okay. okay. So okay, actually Harry Potter is a really good place to start because it's really controversial right now. Because apparently J.K. Rowling just said something like problematic or whatever. And people are like, oh my god, she's canceled. Da, 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 da. And honestly, I haven't done like enough research into what she said or did. But like, to be honest, it's like, it's not even her fucking franchise anymore. Like, it's <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Stop watching my DVD of Harry Potter like in solidarity with something? Like, no, no, no. Because for me, a lot of the mainstream stuff that I like, it's because it gives me some sort of solace outside of like all the spiritual, personal, political work that I have to do. So those mm. things are actually really important for me to do the work that I do. Um, and like with Harry Potter, it was actually something that I sort of needed when I was in my uh, in my first year of college. All I did was watch Harry Potter, like to fall asleep and to like unwind and to stop like stressing out. Um, and so for me, like having that as a vice, even though it's like cliche and mainstream and like maybe dumb to some people, um, is really <laughs> important to me and a huge like I've been watching it since I've been traveling. I just like I watch it whenever I need like when when I've had um when I've been dealing with death. It, uh, Harry Potter is also something that I watch. It's just like comforting to me and it helps me remain alive <laughs> and um and well. So that's that's my uh entry into this conversation. Okay. Um thank you for that reflection, Jill. Um let's see. Kelly, what are some of the mainstream things that you like? I listen to, like, the radio in my car. I have 10 channels. My car has this compact disc, uh, a single compact disc changer, and I kind of, like, got rid of a lot of my CDs. Um, so I listen to the radio, and I totally – I feel like I – yeah, if I'm living in this country, I'm in touch with the mainstream music mm. and uh I definitely I always find like a couple songs like right now there's this Post Malone song that's called <laughs> Circles I think Circles I don't run away but we'll run in a circles it's like ooh, <laughs> it speaks to my soul and it's uh I yeah I have an interesting because I don't usually like like, I only, like, buy music that maybe I want, like, the whole album and I want to listen to it for a long time. And But, like, there's – my relationship with the radio is, um, I guess, something – that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. And, like, when the song comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> it'll be, like, two or three trash songs and then another song. I'm like, oh, cool. Whenever she hears the song, she actually puts on her rollerblades and starts skating backwards <laughs> In my head, that's what I'm doing. It's glorious. Um, so I don't really know what's considered mainstream or not anymore because I feel like everything your is kind of mainstream. Maybe. 
my eyelashes. <gasps> Leave them out of this, the gals. <laughs> no, I was like, kidding. I don't know if that's like calling you out or if that's No, true not at all. I mean, I have like obscenely large lashes. <laughs> <laughs> they're not obscene. They're they're like they're appropriately Ani. They're great. They're Long I'm Island obsessed with them. Sized. They're they're definitely like uh um there. They're present and I love them. And I think that, you know, I like to adorn myself with the lashes. We've actually talked about this on our adornment episode. I just love them. I like to wake up and immediately feel like SpongeBob with like you know how he has just like three pronounced lashes. <laughs> like it's kind of like that. Like I wake up and my eyes are really open wide and there's just like lashes on them and it really emphasizes what I have to say. So they're like exclamation points after every sentence. So <laughs> that's my experience True. with those. Um, but anyway, like I feel like mainstream now is a lot of spirituality is mainstream. Um, I feel like astrology is now mainstream. I feel like there's okay. So there, in my experience, I used to be someone who would shame mainstream stuff because I was trying mm-hmm. to be different um, when I was Same. a young gal, and I'd be like, <clears throat> "Yeah, I only listen to classic rock, like <laughs> like Zeppelin, Pink Floyd." And I do, I still do. I freaking love classic rock; is my absolute jam. However, it's now kind of mainstream to like classic rock, and uh, I would just notice that like I would like things, and then they would become mainstream, and then I'd feel really weird Same. about it and be like, "What is my identity?" <laughs> um, but, like, what is the shame in, in liking mainstream things? Like, there's a reason why it's mainstream. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of people, including myself at one point, who gets really kind of, uh, yeah, like, there's, like, like a, like a quote-unquote guilty pleasure because it's mainstream. And I'm like, I just find it f- pleasurable at this point in my life. Like, I love Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. That is, like... And it's not just because of the lyrical genius behind it. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's just like a great jam and it makes me feel things. And I love that. And uh, I, I remember telling someone that and they were like, yeah, I don't really listen to mainstream stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <sighs> you know, um, all right. I'll just go fuck myself. It's fine. Like, <laughs> it's cute. A great well, conversation. Well, it's also like they could have said it like so many other ways. Like <laughs> that to me is such like a judgmental way to say it. Like you could just say like, oh, I don't really like she's not really an artist I listen to. Like you don't have to say like, mm, I don't listen to like mainstream music. <laughs> like, I don't know. Also, I mean, I've been that bitch. So like whatever. Me too. I really needed my identity validated at one point in my life based off of what made me different. Yeah, that's what I've. Yeah, that's what I feel like when I hear that example of like, I don't like, because I, and yeah, I think I used to have for sure a similar, I wasn't so into like externalizing it, like, but in my head, I, I can look back and see like how I would have my idea of like, oh, I, maybe I like this. Is this okay? Like, is Mm -hmm. this too mainstream? Is this, or like, oh, I don't listen to top 40 because it's top 40 and it all sucks it's like oh now being in a place where you don't identify it's like your identity is not um drawn from consumption of media or it's like you're not attached to these things so it doesn't it doesn't like reflect who you are and it's like Mm -hmm. oh I don't give a shit this is fun this isn't uh yeah 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 I mean well I, I'm going to get wild here for a second. Um, so mainstream music potentially has like an evil frequency. <laughs> oh, my it. 
I need you to elaborate for the listeners. Okay. So <laughs> and for myself. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I do think it's true, but I also like I get how like lizard people conspiracy theorists like flat earth I sound. Wait, wait, wait. What are um, they called? Reptilians. Uh. Yeah, reptilians. Um, so like mainstream music. So basically there's this conspiracy theory that like um mainstream like music that is edited for radio, there's an added frequency that's like you know how there's like um five hundred and twenty eight hertz music uh-huh. that's like healing. Yeah, vibration? like binaural beats. There's kind of thing yeah there's also like the opposite which like incites violence and depression and like Mm. um like a feeling of voidness which would definitely be serving like companies to have us like buy stuff and like hurt each other and um that's yeah so the theory is that i mean it's not really theory it's actually pretty well known but like that there's this frequency that is part of that music even if it's not like an actual frequency it definitely is in the content of a lot of mainstream music yeah i was just gonna Um, say like it could also just be the blatant lyrics that are saying everything that you just said (laughs) well it's both yeah and i feel like music is a huge way in culture that we are sort of like we um I don't know, this idea of like voting with your dollars, I feel like also like listening to certain music, we're sort of like accepting the the themes behind it, which is funny because we all sing that song Jealous by Nick Jonas. Um, so toxic. But none of us like actually, yeah, exactly. It's like that where, you know, people listening to it, it's like, okay, do we accept this or not? Does that make sense? But do you feel like that is is that inherent in the listening and enjoying of it? Do you have to like accept the message? Are you like, are you that's, I think this whole conversation. Yeah. Like, I feel like this whole conversation is about like, okay, if you're engaging with something that's like not overtly spiritual and not overtly political and not overtly making you feel good and like progressing you, um, is it, I just lost my train of thought. Well, yeah, that depends on how you define whatever you're saying, like progressing. There's definitely definitely moments where I'm in my car and I'm listening to the lyric and it's like, fuck this, dude. Like, uh, yeah, you're my everything and I can't. There's so, there's so many, sorry. So many, like that seems like maybe the main theme of, of mainstream music is like, I can't go to sleep. What was it? I can't go to sleep without touching you. That's like, I don't know the weekend or something. I just heard that song. I think it was, I think it was a Justin Bieber song that I heard for the first time yesterday. It was like, (laughs) the chorus was yum, yum, yum. Get, get that yum. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple Bieber songs I get down to. And this song is not one of them, but like, like, okay, this isn't a Bieber song I'm down with. Yeah, it's like you just said yum, yeah, like get that yum or something. I don't know. I, I, I just haven't was heard like this over yet, called but yummy. Stop. <laughs> no, it, there's no way that's the name. That's well, great. I just it's just really um, fascinating to like, and you just realize like he would have no, there would be no Justin Bieber with like, there would be like without black culture, like without like hip hop mm-hmm. and black music and how that is like the foundation of 
everything. And it's just fascinating that that's like who is, yeah, at the top of the charts. It's like this white dude who can croon. It's so fascinating. I feel like I'm on a spiral of like, man, wild world we live in. Mm -hmm. Mad world. I feel like it's the exact same thing though. Like what I was saying about messages, like either we're, they're putting like intentional messages to be like, okay, are you going to accept this? But they're also like, are you going to accept something that literally makes zero sense? (laughs) Like there's so many pop songs that make zero sense. Like Mm -hmm. call me maybe when she's like, um, I just, I like missed you before she even met you. Like I missed you before I met you. Like there's some line where she says she misses him, but she didn't meet him. And everyone's like, okay, that makes no sense. But like, we're all singing it. I don't know. There's like so many, or like this yummy song from fucking Justin Bieber. I hate that word. So like, this is upsetting for me, but um, it makes no sense. But are we going to accept it? Like, are we going to integrate it into like our, into our, vocabularies and into our like lives I think sometimes it's absurdity that does get really popular Mm -hmm. like because Mm -hmm. it's absurd or because it's just ridiculous like people latch onto it for whatever reason shall we not forget the 2018 experience of Kanye releasing the song scoop diddy poop and how that's <laughs> I don't remember that are you serious the whole song is scoop diddy poop a scoop a do like he, that was like the whole song I don't remember it was it was uh, yeah it was uh, I can't really speak I don't know much about it other than that but that was uh, it's it swept the nation it was kind of like a revolution for about 48 hours it's and then no one ever spoke about it the nation again. <laughs> well, so it swept the nation it swept the nation <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah anyway I mean I mean there's a lot to unpack here because like there are some times where I listen to something and I'm like not thinking about it you know what I mean like I I, I don't think too deeply about it uh and that feels really good sometimes because I am prone to like overthinking and now I feel like I have a lot more to think about (laughs) while I'm doing the things that I didn't think about if that makes sense but anyway um yeah I mean a lot of mainstream stuff as well like what I mean I need more concrete examples besides music of what is mainstream right now like like I just saw Star Wars with my mom I've never seen Star Wars I've never seen it but I feel like I really is that the one with Yoda I feel like, okay, I, I bear a striking resemblance to Yoda and I'm not saying that to put me (laughs) down. It's just like, if you see my baby picture and you see Yoda, like I keep seeing baby Yoda and I'm like, is, how did you get my picture? Like, (laughs) that's weird. Anyway, mainstream. Um, yeah. Like what else is, is considered mainstream? I think for me, it's less like mainstream than it is like stuff that's not like the spiritual and the political because I think Mm. but I feel like it's arguable like but both are arguable it's hard because like saying something's mainstream like some things I think are mainstream some people might be like no not really it's like it's none of these things are sort of like identifiable it's mostly Mm. just like it really is um, subjective like Mm -hmm. for Ani it might be 
like she might think that she likes something and has shame about it where I'm like, oh, to me, that's totally spiritual or to me, that's totally political. Right. So it's like even that in itself is subjective. Yeah. I mean, like I I think that how would you feel? Uh, how do you feel about a lot of uh, spirituality and spiritual topics becoming mainstream? Like you see, like, for example, with crystals, they're totally like, quote unquote, mainstream now. Wait, so before we get into yeah. that, um, what is the difference between mainstream and pop culture? Is there a difference to you guys? Well, pop culture is literally short for popular culture. So Which is mainstream. Okay. I just wanted to check in. What do you think, Kelly? Um, I don't know that I have such a distinction. I feel like I use the terms in different um, contexts. If I'm thinking of mainstream media, for example, like that's something that I don't, don't consume much of, um, for lots of reasons, but pop, that's like, is that in pop culture? Yeah. It's all semantics. It's interesting. Mm. Um, do you remember, did you gals ever watch, um, like the, I think it was on VH1. Like I love the, they had the seventies, the eighties, the nineties and the new millennium. And it would talk about all the pop culture mainstream stuff. It was the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's like a (laughs) lot of, um, spirituality, uh, that's becoming mainstream. And like, for me, I think that's a great thing personally. Um, I think that in terms of crystals, maybe not so much because there's a lot of unethical things going on with that practice. But, um, anyway, just having more awareness and having that be like, it's like now mainstream and cool to like meditate and like to go. And this might just be in my limited world that this is mainstream. So I'm curious if you guys think that this is mainstream, like going to circles, like in, and learning about the moon and even astrology, like all of this to me is becoming more and more mainstream and I'm seeing it more and more. And I think that that's a great thing. I think that, you know, um, obviously there's, it's like a stepping stone into a greater depth within you and to actually embody these things and to go deeper into it and to integrate it into your life is like very needed. But the fact that there's awareness around like the cyclical nature of life with the moon and there is uh, all of these opportunities to go inward and to question yourself and to go deep, having that be mainstream is pretty badass. Um, even if people don't necessarily live it fully the fact that the seed is planted to me is pretty cool what do you think guys <laughs> gals gals um spirituality becoming mainstream um i have mixed feelings about it i think similarly with crystals because uh i don't know it's really hard to say with things that become a part of popular culture how much how long we have people's attention for around Mm. that subject and how transient that Mm. interest is and when you have a transient interest in something like crystals or herbs or stuff like that then you can actually create a lot of destruction environmental destruction um and you know because with high demand comes Mm-hmm. Um, higher amounts of production. So I think that side of it is is troubling. I think in terms of astrology being popularized or like tarot being popularized, 
Um, I feel only a little bit less upset about it. I mean, I think the, the issue with these things being popularized is that spirituality is largely an unregulated field. So like there's a bunch of people claiming to know things and do things that affect people really deeply um, Mm -hmm. who have no credentials and are doing things and saying things that are really upsetting. And oftentimes those people still get platforms um, because they're interesting and talking to media that wants to sensationalize those topics. So I think that's probably the hardest part for me is like, not that those things are popular, but the way that popular culture feeds on them. Totally. um, Once they become popular. Yeah. And like, you're going to get that no matter what's popular, you're going to get that, that energy, as you said, because that's kind of what pop culture does to something. And when it comes to the sacred, I mean, what I heard, like when you were talking about, um, how long are we going to have these interests? And, and I actually wrote my college thesis on cultural appropriation and spirituality. And one of the things that I discovered is like having, um, smudge kits and urban outfitters, right? So we have uh, white sage and an abalone shell and all of these things in a kit wrapped in cellophane plastic um, and then in a store that's known for trends. And then it's like easy come, easy go. Like it goes – so having something so sacred that's now also on the endangered list and is a closed cultural practice, like, yes, there are definite uh, dangers. And so it's – it's interesting to see the sacred become popularized. And while it definitely has, I, I'm just curious to see how long it's going to last or if it's a permanent change, because it could be a permanent shift where people are actually needing and wanting more sacredness in their life. And I think there's a lot of conversations right now that are, that are uh, talking about how to do it in a respectful way, because uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, it could be a really powerful shift in the way we do life. And if that becomes mainstream, I will celebrate to the day I die. And as long as we do it with integrity. And I think that that's everybody's journey is to get in alignment with their integrity. So, uh, yeah. What do you think, Kel? Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I remember, when I started watching a lot of like YouTube videos of like Eckhart Tolle giving a talk or listening to binaural beats and, and all my commercials were all about like energy, spirituality, connecting with your body, trauma. I was like, wow, the world's really waking up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. YouTube and the whole internet is yeah the internet is like life you're gonna find what you look for it's gonna be reflected back to you so choose choose what you want to look for okay that Um, is gonna be the quote of the episode because that's great (laughs) choose your desires carefully um but I do definitely think I would maybe phrase my experience with the world that I encounter as being more conscious in general. Um, I still have friends who are 
very like um, maybe atheists, but they uh, go to therapy and they're conscious in a way that's, that's elevated from where they were before. There's like, a, I feel like a collective, um, yeah, rising to awareness of childhood, how those patterns have affected us, how our coping mechanisms like need to be worked through to open us up to not recreating shitty patterns in our life. Um, but it's, yeah, like the, like witches being a thing that people are Mm -hmm. and that's not like a story like, Oh I, yeah, I have a lot of witchy. I have like a lot of friends that are witches. Like that's, that's new for me. And in the last few years and very much something that's more, yeah, it just has more representation, which representation I think is another huge thing that we're seeing this like wave of media and, Uh, like shows that are representing specific communities that have like been completely left out for a really long time. Um, Yeah. I feel like I could ramble on for Mm. lots of different tangents, but yeah. I mean, mean, go ahead, Jill. I was just going to say to what you were talking about, Ani, I think everything runs in cycles. And so we probably will see, well, historically we've seen spirituality come in and out of the focus, um, public focus when things get tumultuous, um, people turn Mm -hmm. to spirituality. And I think the real question I have for all of us is like how we feel about being perceived as liking these things because they're popular versus Mm. connecting with them prior or whatever, because this is sort of like a, a macro version of like, I liked Bonnie Vare before he won a Grammy type of thing. Um, <laughs> and the, the other thing that I wanted to say is so this is like multiple points, but the things that popular culture will pick up and spit out are things that make money. Yeah. So when it comes to like healing childhood trauma and like, you know, dealing with your anxiety and this and that, um, they're the only things that are actually going to be popularized are things like through media are things that they could make money off of. And so like healing your childhood trauma, there's not a lot of way to make money off of that. So they don't, but the aesthetics of, of a witch can be, there's lots of money to be made there with like the clothing and the, the accessories, like it's a very accessory heavy identity. Um, and so it's very easy to commodify, uh, and so it's interesting that like maybe the tools that I have used or like the, yeah, the tools that I have used or um, maybe spinoffs of tools that I have used um, are popularized, but the reason why I use them is different. And so that's where I think liking mainstream things or like being attracted to stuff that is popular gets tricky is like, um, I think that's why we get so protective. Like just using body bear as an example, uh, like I would get angry because I'm like, well, you only like him because other people like him where I liked him because it spoke to me on a, like a spiritual level. And mm-hmm. like, I think that's where people get upset is like, we're, <laughs> you know, that the fucking thing that's going around on the internet where people are like, I am blah, blah, blah. And you're blah, blah, blah. We are not the same. I haven't seen that one yet. No. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's it like up. a huge thing on the internet. Okay. Behind um, the times. 
but it's kind of just like it's it's just a representation of like um yeah maybe this thing is popular but we all have a different reason for liking it um and i think that's what's so tricky to navigate around that is like Mm -hmm. deciding whether or not you like someone's reason for liking something yeah but like at the end of the day it's kind of like none of your damn business what other people you know not you personally but like in general like I felt similarly like especially when uh you know someone like when when band t-shirts became popular and people were wearing classic rock bands and I was like you don't even know them and they like divined my life like it was so um I felt anger and so I can only imagine what it feels like actually I do know what it feels like when somebody is like uh using what you you find so sacred and true to your heart as a trend. But at the same time, I am not a, a gatekeeper of of mm. what I'm holding dear to my heart. And if that is yeah. a, um, a seed that can be planted and even like a spark of truth, because a lot of the times, like if you can't, if you haven't um, been able to embody the sacredness of something, a lot of that time in my experience and what I've seen with people I've worked with is that that's because of some sort of trauma. You can't fully drop into your body or to the experience. And so in in my experience, I'm like, okay, like if it's, if you're going to kind of uh, play dress up as at first, and I don't know if that sounds like disrespectful, but you know, just kind of try it on. Um, just to test how it feels for you. And if it sparks something inside of you, like that is a breadcrumb to your truth. There's a reason why things light you up. And I believe that that is something that you can follow. Um, or, you know, you, it could be that it's just, you're looking for something else, but either way, whether you're looking for some sort of sacredness in your life or you're looking for validation from other people, it's still showing you something that's worth looking at. And, uh, it's a necessary, even like the things that we pick up that are, we're doing to be accepted or to be cool or to like, whatever, it's still like a necessary part of our growth and authentic in that moment. So I've learned to really let go and to help people in those situations. If they're looking for help to go deeper into that, those practices and to bring it to them. If they're, again, if they're looking for that and, um, and actually infuse it into their life and, and, so you could help my grandmother watch more Dancing with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. I've never actually seen that. She I've to- lived with my grandmother. There's a literally a billboard billboard for Dancing with the Stars on the street that I'm in on, in Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> no way. I lived with my grandmother for a couple weeks in the summer, and it's always like I have always known she's big into weeknight television. Loves The Bachelorette, The Bachelor, and when I. When I was there, I watched with her. The nights that I was home, I would just sit and hang out with her. And my mom hates, she like hates The Bachelorette and hates that that my grandma watches it. And I'm like, whatever, cool. And I, yeah, I watched consistently and I definitely don't dig the, yeah, Dancing with the Stars is, those kind of shows were more like neutral. The Bachelorette. No, we watched The Bachelor in Paradise, which I didn't even know what that was. Which, that sounds man, like a type of bird. <laughs> woo, I can't even explain it. It's There's just a bunch of couples from like the old seasons and they're all hanging out. But I don't care. It's like it doesn't bother me that my grandma loves it and Aww. she doesn't. I don't know. I feel 
I feel less uh, sane and like less good after I watch those shows. But um, yeah, that's why I don't consume it. Like it's definitely entertaining in a way, but I just don't feel good. But I, if someone else watches those things and has fun and feels like a, like a release, kind of like a break from life, like an escape. Cool. Do, do your thing. Yeah. It's not, um, I don't know. Cause then it's also like Jesus Christ, the entire, <laughs> the entire country is absorbing these really vapid ideas of love and relationship. I, I don't know. I feel like I could go, either way of like, oh yeah, do whatever. Or like, oh, this is really toxic and terrible. And I think that's the biggest like kind of paradox. Hallmark I have issue with. Hallmark I do actually have issue with, particularly because my niece watches the movies. And she once told me, um, I was talking about a breakup and she was like, oh, like Hallmark movie? And I was like, no, not like Mm -hmm. Hallmark movies. And that was, I feel like I have a strong, it's interesting but then it's like, are are we holding mainstream culture accountable for people's choices and people's ideas more than the people themselves? Yeah, dude, I think about that all of the time. Like, what's our personal responsibility here? Because we're always going to get fed messages yeah. by everything. We're like, always going to get fed shit. Yeah, I mean, shit and great stuff. It's like, it's up to you to, to kind of sift it out. And that only comes with experience and age and like growing up you know and that's kind of what I'm facing because like I personally used to love the Hallmark shit and it was a really important experience but I also used to wear a purity ring and I would also and there's no there's no shame in that I have no shame about that time in my life I think it's it was the most perfect thing in the world for me um to have gone through and I would dream about my one and only and I wanted to be like one and done and um I didn't know that yeah, I would I would literally I actually have a journal and I still have it of letters to my future Oh, I wrote a couple of beloved those too. Yeah. and I wanted to give it on my wedding day. Mm-hmm. And it was such an important experience because I got to get very clear on exactly what I wanted in a partner, even though none of that is applicable now. It's something I had to go through. It was really yeah. authentic to me at that time. Mm-hmm. I had to sit with that. And then when it actually started manifesting in my life, I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it's not really what I thought it was going to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it all serves a purpose and it's it's like marking points. And sometimes that is people's truth and that is their reality. And that is and that's worth celebrating as well, if that's what they're down for, as long as we're taking account that there are so many other experiences that you could have and that they're all really beautiful and kind of like they're all normal. There's no such thing as like a normal experience. And uh, yeah, so so that's that for me. <laughs> I, I really want to push back against the idea that we'll always get fed shit because <laughs> Kelly, no, in my <laughs> opinion, in my opinion, like we get fed what we will swallow. Mm. So oh, like that's the other quote. We we are responsible for the fact that we swallow this shit and we are responsible for the fact that 
we are the ones who create popular culture. Popular culture literally uses the word popular, meaning mm-hmm. it's culture that has been popularized by humans, by populace. Um, and so our responsibility is is in our dollars and our views and our downloads, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that that's what's so difficult about all these movements. I mean, one of the most um, potent movements you can create around something is boycotting. Um, and that's like one of the main ways of supporting like Palestine is like the boycott divestment and sanctions movement, which boycotting is like the first thing like, and that's about, um, there's also like for apartheid that, you know, like that's mm-hmm. a huge issue. Um, and so I think that we really underestimate the power that we have. And so the way that I like to think about it when I'm thinking about things that I'm investing in is like, okay, am I giving this? The, the, the tricky part about it is that our society, we don't even know how people are getting money these days. You know, when we used to listen to music, it used to be like, okay, well, we're giving people money if we buy their album. Yeah. And now it's we, you know, do they get money if we watch their YouTube video? Do we get money if, do they get money if we listen to their song on Apple Music? Do they? And like, we think so, but we don't really know. And so it's like, some of us think we can, listen to shitty stuff sometimes and fly under the radar and not be giving them money but we are and so it's so confusing this day and age to like indulge in things that are quote-unquote guilty pleasures because you might actually be financially supporting them Mm -hmm. just with just with enjoying it yeah that's a beautiful beautiful point julissa and I think that this is a time where self-responsibility is really highlighted. And um, I think that's a great thing. I think that's a really important thing. And I think that it also leads to more freedom. Like it sounds like it's this really tedious thing, but it's like, hey, if something is just like not in alignment with you, you just don't have to go there. You know what I mean? Like it's actually really freeing. Like it can sound really tedious, Mm -hmm. like watch what you support, you know, all this stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, Hey, that doesn't really feel good. So I'm just like not going to do that. And I'm just like not going to like listen to it. I'm not going to like go be around it. And it's kind of like um, doing what you want to call in to your life. So like if you want to, you know, if you want to experience more spirituality, like, yeah, you could definitely uh, buy some tools or you could go sit out in nature or like whatever. Like you could just do what feels in alignment with you if And, you know, if someone is not in alignment with what feels good to you, you don't have to freaking listen to them and you don't have to like surround yourself with it. And that's a really cool point. Yeah, I think that that's such a powerful point, especially to end on is like we all have the responsibility to invest in what makes us feel good and to actually know what feeling good means first, like defining that first for yourself because like we said mainstream is subjective something that's popular could be subjective um like kelly was saying literally youtube feeds back to you what you click on um it's literally this whole universe is a huge feedback loop where you just get more of what you give your attention to and so i think if something genuinely makes you feel good and there's no guilt or shame um i mean hard to have no guilt or shame but at least you're you're processing that guilt or shame um then I think it's something that that you should follow. Um, it's kind of like at the end of the road, just feel like follow your bliss, man. You know? Follow your bliss, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Follow your well, bliss. Well, that was another episode, I think, y'all. Yes. A beautiful. Fun. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I want to like slow clap. I want to be mainstream. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Love you all. Everyone should follow us. Everyone should follow us on social media because we're so funny and so pretty. Like actually stunningly gorgeous, like drop dead, unbelievably, undeniably, like life affirmingly stunning, gorgeous bombshells. Um, but we also have really interesting things to say, and we also really love having conversations with y'all. So, but that's like not as important. Instagram. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, Instagram and Twitter, and do we have Facebook? Okay. Yeah. Um. No. But anyways, we love you all. Yeah! Love you. So long. Arrivederci.